Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. I chose this by the leading of the Lord to look at, because we're going to start looking at what's known as the attributes of God. God definitely has personality, but not in the same way that we do. And so this came out of looking at uh, all of us wanting to know the Lord better. I want to know what God's like, and I want to get to know him more and more. And just like with a friend, you spend more time with him, he does that. But God doesn't like grow or develop. God is. And he doesn't change. God is a constant and so the first attribute, which that's a, it's things that we attribute to him as to who he is and what he's like, that I want to look at is his goodness. Why did you start there? Because it's one that we assume and we overlook. And Christians talk a lot about it. And if I said to you this morning, God is good, you would probably respond with all the time. Because that's kind of what we're taught to do. But the goodness of God is so much bigger than that that I wanted to look at it first. By the way, in his goodness, he's decided to allow our countries to do something. So our country is going to change time next Sunday. (laughs) At 2 a.m. on Sunday morning, we are going to spring forward one hour. So I thought I would give you a heads up about a time. So even in, in this being one of the most widely accepted concepts, it's actually one of those most widely misconstrued and misapplied concepts we have about what God is like. We, how many of you believe God is good? Raise your hand. Okay. Um, Believe it or not, lots of people who struggle in knowing God and knowing what God is like aren't sure about that, but it's a difficult one to talk about. Uh, uh, The songwriter says, I believe in God, but is he good? He asks the question, and what does it mean for God to be good? What does it mean to say, God is good? Well, it's this. He is, first of all, eternally, that means for all time, future past, and immutably, that means never changing good. Good isn't a trait for God. Like if I say, well, Brenda's really good to me. You know, she makes good meals. I eat them. I like them. She's very kind. She listens to me. She occasionally laughs laughs at my jokes. Not often. She says, you're usually funny when you're not trying to be. And so we have, but she's good to me with it. She's never like, she's most of the time not mean-spirited. You know, you get a little grouchy once in a while. But not very often. Rarely. Rarely. No, get out of the, yeah, I just dug a ditch, didn't I? (laughs) Keep throwing. 
Here's the thing. With God's goodness, it's not a reflection of what he's feeling like that day. So when our concepts about what God being good, it's very different than humans being good. He cannot be less good than he is. Well, he, he shows it to me. I feel more goodness. Yes, but he, he didn't get more good so that you would feel better about him or your relationship to him. He is good all the time because it's a constant in him. Just like I said him being outside of time. He's never outside of good. Um, God is, uh, one old writer said it this way, use the Latin. He is summum bonum. That means the highest good. He, he is all, he, anything that we could think of or imitate as good, he is better than that. So I carve wooden decoys, ducks. And I really, like I'm getting, I hadn't done it for a lot of years and I'm starting to do it again. I'm getting better at it again and, and stuff. And then I look at photographs of the real thing or go for a walk and see one on the water and you go, oh, it's such an imitation. I don't even come close. Oh, look, I painted it and it looks just like a real, no, it doesn't. It's an imitation. It might look good, and even to some beholders of the artwork, it might be, oh, that's phenomenal. But it's not, I mean, I mean, uh, it's beyond, like, remember the ad that Coke did, the real thing? Okay, that doesn't come close to God's goodness of him being the real thing. It's that goodness of him that makes him him. Um, the original Saxon word meaning for our English word is God. God. They didn't use good to describe like that's a the king is so benevolent. That was used for God. And was associated only with God. And it meant God good, synonymous. That touches it. So saying the word God, you were saying the word good. There was nothing outside of They didn't see it outside of that. Isn't that phenomenal? We actually get our word good from the Saxon word for God. God is not only the greatest of all beings, but the best. There's no, uh, I'm going to get better than the best. You can't. The best is the superlative. All the goodness there is in any creature has it been imparted by the creator. When we say God is good, we're referring to his creation. God's goodness is underived. Its beginning, if you will, is in God himself. For it's the essence of his eternal nature. That's why I wanted to start here. Uh, you know, I could have started with love, you know, and, and looked at that. But really, and they're kind of like, they go like this together. God's goodness and God's love. 
But the very essence of God's being is good. All that emanates from God is decrees, his creation, his laws, his providences cannot be otherwise than good. It's interesting. We all know the stories well. Genesis 1, God begins creation, and what did he say when he got done with every act of creation? It is good. He realized it was flowing out of his being. He created, created you and me. Why? Because he's good. He's really good. It's interesting, it says this regarding creation, Psalm 33. The earth is full of the goodness of God. Elizabeth Barrett Browning Put it this way in a poem. She says this. Earth's crammed with heaven. Isn't that amazing? It's such a, oh, it's just a, oh, I love that. If I could write, that's how I'd want to write. It's crammed. Earth is crammed with heaven's goodness. This is a reflection. Just a reflection. And I know there's sin. Yes, ravished the earth and did other things. But the earth is, is just a reflection of God's goodness. So what is his goodness? Well, Tozer says, The goodness of God is that which disposes him to be kind. Think about these words, cordial. What does that mean? God's never grouchy towards you. What do you want? Lord, I'm seeking your face. Go away. You're bothering me. I'm looking at Pluto right now. Deciding whether it's a planet or not. We have such a strange view of God, don't we? He's benevolent. That means out of him is not... A lot of us think of benevolence as feeling sorry for somebody. But that's not what it is. If we're benevolent towards someone, it means we treat them with ultimate kindness because of who they are. God looks at you and is just sweet towards you. Not because of who you are, actually, but because of who he is. He's full of goodwill. I mean, think when the angels announce his birth. We all sing it at Christmas time. Peace on earth. Good will towards men, people. That's his intent towards us. Why did Jesus come? Because he's good. Always good. His unfailing, he's, he's tender-hearted, he's of quick sympathy, he's un, he has an unfailing attitude towards all moral beings. I love the way that, that A.W. Tozer wrote this. is open, frank, and friendly. Who's frank? Well, it means it's completely honest. He just tells it like it is. Isn't that what we all like? Don't you dislike games playing with people? Oh, you love politics today, right? Well, they said, she said, and he said, and then they did, and that's what, and how we got here. Uh, I guess just be frank. 
tell, tell me, uh, can you peel back the years? Now, for some of you, it's not very far. The years of doing the dating game, and maybe you're doing that again now. And the games playing, and how sick you got of it or are of it. You know, I just, uh, and the longing of every human being is I want somebody who's just honest with me. God is always honest because he's good. So he's frank. Uh, He's friendly. That God is good is taught or implied on every page of the Bible. And must be received as an article of faith as impregnable as the throne of God. What's he saying? When I think about God sitting in all rule and all authority, I have to understand that he is good. It is a foundation stone for all sound thought about God and is necessary, this is where we've lost it today in in American culture, it's necessary for moral sanity. We become insane in our thinking when we lose sight of the God is good. How how are you saying this? Well, I'm going to tread on thin ice here, but God created them, male and female, he created them. And it was good. And when we don't receive that as being from the goodness of God, we tend to get on immoral ground. And then we move towards, instead of moral absolutes, we move towards moral relativity. Well, it's good for them, but not them. It's a right thing for this one, but not for... And I know it's hard. And... Yeah, um, it, it's that it's that part that's within us that says, if God is good, then how He did it is good. Does that make sense? It's a good reflection of God. It's what I believe. To allow that God could be other than good is to deny the. Vid- validity of all thought and end ill the negation of every moral judgment if God is not good then there can be no distinction this is what's important this is why it's a moral absolute there can be no distinction between kindness and cruelty we talk about people and they become reprobates but you see we just mean they're evil there's a difference between an evil and a reprobate A reprobate can't distinguish between good and evil, so just do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. When God's goodness is lifted off of us and we don't see him that way, it doesn't matter. Ooh, yeah, it does. It matters. It matters a lot. So, of course, you and I sitting here this morning... We all believe that uh, God is good all the time, right? Yes? What about when bad things happen? Actually, what about when you wrestle with your sins? 
and we, the ones we commit are uh, our self-outlook, how we view ourselves, and decide how God should act towards us, how he should treat us. Do we still see him as good? Or is there a hesitancy in us? It's amazing for all of us, and, and I think we're actually supposed to go through this, but it's amazing how quickly God's goodness can take a back seat when we contemplate a holy God. We tend to see a holy God as different than a good God. A holy God is a righteous God and a God of judgment and justice. Restitution and wrath. How is God good in that? All the time and in every way. There's not one judgment of God. Uh, We as people look at judgment so differently. I think because we fear it. Um. And then we have a tendency to look at all the wrong that's going on and call it a wicked generation. I I mean, come on. We are so quick to pull that trigger. This is a wicked and corrupt generation. And if we keep it up, we're going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah, right? I've heard that preached. (laughs) Disregarding that it's God's goodness that provided the moral soundness that we needed to understand his love. In looking at the attributes of God, you have to understand something. God never, he can, because he's unchangeable. So if God doesn't change, if he's immutable, God doesn't suspend one of his attributes to enact another. He can never suspend his goodness to enact justice. He wouldn't. He doesn't suspend judgment to enact mercy or suspend mercy to enact judgment. What emanates out of God is who he is and he's good all the time. We get scared of judgment. Why? Because we think we know what we deserve. And I've even joked about it. You know, all of you are fortunate I'm not God. (laughs) Crispy critters. And, you know, I try to do Sheldon Cooper's mind. I don't know if you watch Big Bang, but he tries to do the mind whammy on them and get rid of them and zap them. Uh, Listen. God is good in every one of his judgments. All of his judgments are right and true. That thing about frankness and truth. Look at this scripture. Just hear it this morning. No one has seen God at any time, John writes. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. 
And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Let me reread that to you. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he's first loved us. I thought you were talking about the goodness of God. In all of God's love is his goodness. And the thing that we fear is what we're going to get on a day of judgment. Now we use, when we we talk about this, We have a tendency to attack just general fear and everything. But this is very specifically within its context talking about the judgment of God. Every Christian that can embrace God's goodness looks forward to the day that you stand before him and he judges you. I'm looking forward to that day. Because I'm in Christ. The glory of it is, is I will never stand alone ever again. Neither will you. God's goodness will be there with you. And isn't it interesting that this, because I could say it another way, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Moses, when he gets to like having a relationship after the burning bush thing, and starts talking to God, and God says, and Moses says this, Oh God, show me your glory. God goes, okay. He has to hide him a little bit. You know what it says? I will cause my goodness to pass before you. Well, no glory. <laughs> like clouds, uh, Hubble spacecraft, all kinds of shiny things, and loud noises, and... No, his goodness is his glory in your life. His goodness. And on the day that you stand in judgment, what do you think he's going to have passed before you? Here's the thread I was always going to receive. And there's going to be a newsreel of your life and all the stuff that you did and didn't do. You remember those messages? No. One thing will be seen, God's goodness over you. God's goodness just wrapped. If you can see yourself, well, glory. If you can see yourself wrapped in goodness. God's good to me all the time. 1 John 3, 19 says this. And by this we know that we are of the truth. True truth. And shall assure our hearts before him. There's nothing better than assurance. For if our hearts condemn us, It means when you get in doubt, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. That's actually the real, the the movie thing playing. 
Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. Why is the goodness of God so important for your life so that you have confidence? I am confident of these things. Um, I used to waver on them. I really did as a, as a believer because I heard such, such contradictions. God really loves you. Do this and he's really going to smite you. What? What? And God, or this one, which is really good, God hates divorce. Well, he was referring to a whole thing there that talked about what created the divorce. But we've used it to beat up other people and make them afraid of this kind, loving, good God. Well, you're okay with divorce. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is God is in the midst of all that, revealing his goodness over and over and over and over and over again to everybody that has to suffer through that kind of trauma. But we've been taught that God's mean and is going to get them. That's not God's goodness. This brings, do you see why he said moral sanity? You understand that God is good, moral sanity starts invading your life. So here's two things. I just had to write these down and look at them in front of me as I was studying. God, I actually had me in there. God loves you because of who he is, not because of who you are. God loves you because he's good. God is good to you because of who he is, not because of who you are or what you do. Well, I had a lot of, felt a lot of good things about you until last week. Can we talk about that little incident at QT? It's human, it's human thinking that discounts the very essence of who God is in his goodness. You might have been a jerk that day, but God didn't abandon you. Listen, you cannot make God's goodness, and we've been taught this, to make it a reward system. I did this from the time I was little. Um, I can remember having stomach cramps from having eaten little green apples. Anybody ever do that as a kid? Little went up in the apple tree with a little Morton salt shaker and ate about 20 of those things and then paid the price. And sitting there in that special room, <laughs> doubled over with a bellyache, going, God, I promise I'll never do that again. What a picture, a little boy who hadn't even taught, been taught about whether God's good. Please, I'm sorry, don't punish me. Take the cramps away. I'm dying here. And I made a reward system out of how God viewed me. There's massive immaturity, we can say, but we grow up with that and keep believing it. Massive immaturity, we would say. Well, God can forgive that person, but he didn't, he didn't really know what I did. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But you don't know. And if you really knew who I was, 
We're using language that puts God into a reward system regarding how good he is towards you. And he's going to orchestrate things in your life and do bad things to you so you turn out to be good. That ought to gag each one of us because it so diminishes who God really is. If God isn't beyond that, he's not God. And he's not what the Saxons called Goda. Tozer wrote this, If I come to God, how will he act towards me? What kind of disposition has he? What will I find him to be like? You know what God will be like when you stand before him? Exactly like Jesus. He will be, so Hebrews 1 says, he is the the expression, the exact expression of who God is. Jesus was good all the time. I've never seen anything portray it better than The Chosen. And if you haven't watched it at least two or three times yet, you probably need to watch it. So you can download it online. They're getting ready to do a second season. I heard that some of the extras that were in there are just phenomenal actors. Jesus hasn't changed. He promised he never would. He won't towards you. Jesus will always be good to you. Every one of his acts towards you will be good. This is one of the great spiritual disciplines that can actually truly change your life. You talk about, what what can I do that will help bring change? Relish in God's goodness. Roll around in it. Talk about it to yourself. Talk about it to Him. Sing it to Him. You are good. You are good. Sing it over and over and over again. Daily believing that God is okay with you all the time. And it starts to work a moral fiber of gratefulness in you. When you start telling God he is good, you will, you will soon start doing things like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You're so good. Thank you, God. It puts in us that very thing where I always want to be grateful. Start relishing in his goodness. Instead of him telling, all the wrong, telling him all the stuff that's wrong, go, God, you are so good. You have been so good to me. And you start recounting it. Then you start lining up with the Psalms. So we all know this well, but this is what it does. When you relish on a daily basis God's goodness, it says this in in Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Good. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Well, the devil was trying to get me last night. No, he can't do that. Well, the enemy's setting up these traps for me. No, you're, you're, you're walking in something that's not you. Stop that. Stop it. 
Instead, instead of trying to get yourself out of that, put yourself in God by declaring his goodness. You're so good to me. It's actually a way, if, you, if you're tempted to do stuff, attack temptation over, with God's goodness. Not over yours, because you'll fail. But the goodness of God won't fail you. The goodness of God won't fail you. The goodness of God, it's impossible for it to fail you. He will make a way of escape, it says. Why? Because he's good. And if he's good, then he's kind, benevolent, loving, helpful, strengthening. All the other stuff that we think are the first things in the first place that we need are all lined up underneath. God is good. Can you receive that this morning? Now, not just for me using a lot of words to express it to you. I, I hope you, something much more. I want us to just stop right now. And you pray within yourself. God, I receive your goodness towards me. Now, we did that as individuals, Lord. Now, corporately, we receive the blessing of your goodness. We declare it as a people. You've been so good. Through every high time and low time, you've been good. Through every circumstance I've walked through, you were the beginning and the end. You're my future and you're my past. I have no existence outside of you. My existence in you is because of your goodness. You loved me and saved me because you sent goodness into the earth in your son, Jesus. And he died as me, and I died as him. He was buried as me, and I was buried as him. And he was raised from the dead as I am raised from the dead. As he is, so am I on the earth. A new creation in his goodness. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In goodness, would you love each other as you go? Good to see you guys.